So, Fenna, I want to start with a very important question, which is, have you gotten your flu shot yet? For once, I actually have gotten my flu shot, yes. Fenna Nirapil is a health reporter for The Post, and he's been reporting on two things, COVID-19 and the flu. And actually, I did get my flu shot while reporting this story about how everyone should be getting their flu shots. I just got the email yesterday about how we're getting flu shots at the post. I scheduled mine. I'm very excited. I was just thinking, like, what am I going to wear? How am I going to do my hair? This is finally, like, my time to shine with this flu shot. (laughs) So I'm glad that you are excited, too. I'm going to have a confession here. I'm like a lot of Americans where we know it's something we have to do. We don't have like conspiracies about the shots or anything like that, but it's just something we haven't really gotten around to. And that's that's what you're seeing people try to do this time around is that after the COVID vaccine outreach, people learn the need to take these shots, even if they don't feel like they're under immediate threat right now. And people are trying to apply some of those same lessons for flu shots. Today, what happens if COVID-19 meets flu season? From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. It's Wednesday, October 20th, and we're talking about the so-called twindemic. That's what health officials are calling this potential surge in both influenza, aka the flu, and the coronavirus. And if you're thinking, wait, didn't they say last year that the flu was going to be really bad, but it ended up being a big nothing burger? You are totally right about that. The flu practically vanished last year, and it ended up being this big nothing burger because we all kind of stayed away from each other. But this time, scientists are warning that it could be different. Because unlike past years, we have multiple respiratory viruses that we're battling right now. So a lot of our listeners and readers may remember from last year, there were headlines warning about a potential twindemic of influenza and coronavirus hitting hospitals at the same time. It didn't materialize last year because there was practically no flu cases last year. And a big reason that experts think that happened is because a lot of people were masking, workplaces were still remote, schools were either closed down or requiring masks. So you had fewer opportunities for flu to uh, transmit, and it's not quite as contagious as uh, COVID is. So that's why you're able to see coronavirus circulating in America, but not so much the flu. But some of those same conditions aren't in place uh, this year, and that's why we could end up seeing the dreaded uh, flu COVID uh, twindemic that uh, scientists and doctors have been worrying about. And tell me a little bit about what public health officials have been warning about the possibility now of a twindemic. Right. So hospitals are used to having a flu season every fall and winter. Like, that's not entirely new territory for them. The issue is that both COVID and flu spikes really strain resources at hospitals. And you have to understand that both of these viruses are ultimately respiratory diseases or cause respiratory diseases. So you have the same types of respiratory therapists, similar nurses and doctors who would be treating both patients. And frontline hospital workers are exhausted. It's been almost two years of a pandemic and repeated surges just when we think the surges are behind us. And the last thing a lot of these doctors and nurses and respiratory therapists want to deal with is having yet another uh, busy season and having their hospital beds fill up again with people struggling to breathe. With modest flu virus activity since March of 2020, 
CDC's flu experts are concerned that reduced population level immunity to the seasonal flu could place us at risk for a potentially severe flu season this year. So we heard from the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, who is making these same points that, yes, we may be letting our guard down now about flu because our focus has been on COVID and because flu wasn't really a threat last year, but it still remains a threat. Even as average daily COVID hospitalizations are decreasing, we continue to see many hospitals and intensive care units across the country at full capacity. Each year in the United States, influenza can claim between 12,000 and 52,000 lives and results in 140,000 to 710,000 hospitalizations, another toll we need to work hard to avoid. What happens to the hospital systems affect all of us. We've heard stories in this summer about people who were struggling to get a hospital to treat them, regardless of whether it was COVID. It could have been cancer. It could have been a car accident. It could have been a heart attack. When hospitals are struggling to deal with uh, massive amounts of patients coming in with a seasonal respiratory virus, they have fewer resources to expend on the rest of their communities. So then what are the uncertainties around predicting whether or not this flu season is going to be bad? So flu is notoriously difficult to predict. This is pre-COVID, post-COVID. It's a hard virus to track. And yes, there are signs that this flu season could be worse than usual, but that's not a guarantee that it's going to be a particularly severe flu season. There's actually some pieces of evidence to suggest that it might end up being a mild flu season. Why? Yeah, so the evidence for a more severe flu season is because we're not under lockdown in the same way we were last year. You have more schools reopened. You have more workplaces going back in person. You have more people mixing and mingling, especially now that we're vaccinated for COVID. Um, and generally, vaccination rates for flu aren't as high. But there's also signs that this flu season might not be as bad. Even though uh, we're not in the same degree of lockdown that we were this time last year, a lot of workplaces are still not back in the office. I mean, that's going to provide fewer opportunities for the virus to spread. And then the other factor, too, is COVID changed how we live our life. Totally. COVID changed how we view being sick. I mean, before COVID, I might have gotten sniffles or been a little feverish, but still showed up to the office anyway. And I will concede that I probably shouldn't have done that beforehand. <laughs> it was you who got everyone sick. I guess so. But, you know, after a, after living through a pandemic, a lot of us have become a lot more conscious about our social responsibility to our coworkers and to each other. Mm -hmm. And we've heard for almost two years, if you're sick, stay home. After the break, how a rise in flu cases could affect kids. We'll be right back. You also mentioned school and the fact that kids are back at school, and that is a big point of concern. And obviously, I think that this has been a pretty scary time for parents. For the flu, what is the risk, particularly for children? I mean, is it really bad if kids get the flu? Very young children are at higher risk from the flu. Generally, that's not school-age children, but flu does kill children. It's rare. That's, a, that's an extreme outcome. But you're seeing similar alarms raised with COVID. Yes, most children who contract coronavirus will be fine. But when you have a virus that can spread so rapidly and infect hundreds of thousands of people, 
even though death, hospitalization, and severe illness like being placed on a ventilator are relatively rare, it's going to be happening in larger numbers when so many children are being infected. And one of the other reasons that I've been hearing pediatricians really urge parents to not forget the flu shots this year is because it's going to be tricky for children's hospitals and pediatricians in the coming months when you're going to be having people come in with all sorts of different respiratory viruses and they have to figure out which one's COVID, which one's RSV, which one's flu. And a lot of them are going to be dealing Mm. with limited resources. So the more viruses you're vaccinated against, the easier it will be for your doctors to manage your care. Yeah, I I wonder if people who in the past were kind of lackadaisical about getting a flu shot, whether there is more attention on vaccines now and that that will help push more people to think about, okay, if you're a person who believes in COVID vaccines and believes in the importance of getting a COVID vaccine and being vaccinated, then you are also a person who should believe in flu shots and getting vaccinated for the flu. Like, do you think that that all the attention around the COVID vaccine is going to help get more people vaccinated for the flu? Yeah, it can really go both ways. Um, it's hard It's hard to predict. I mean, it, I, count me among the kind of people that you're describing here because I was lackadaisical about my flu shots for, for a very long time until more recently after my sister got a severe case of flu before the pandemic. Oh, wow. Then and my entire family's in medicine, so we all got our act together and, we, and realized we had to take the flu shots more seriously. You know, these vaccines, these shots are not just about protecting yourselves, but it's also about protecting your communities and the people who live around you. Uh, The other piece that we're watching for is whether some of the controversies surrounding coronavirus shots are going to dissuade some people from getting flu shots. While the majority of Americans have received at least their first coronavirus shot, you are seeing some hardened opposition uh, to coronavirus shots. And this is something that doctors and public health authorities are looking out for to see whether there's going to be signs that some groups will be even more disproportionately under-vaccinated for flu this season. So, Fennett, what would you say to people who are on the fence about getting the flu shot for whatever reason? Like maybe it's something that they don't normally do or maybe they're just waiting to see if this is going to be a bad flu season before they do get vaccinated. But like you said, it's harder to sell people on something when health officials said last year that the flu season was going to be really bad and it wasn't true. So I I get that there's some frustration from some of our listeners and readers here that you saw headlines last year warning that there might be a double whammy flu COVID season that overwhelms hospitals and it didn't happen. And you might think that we're like the boy who cried wolf. I get that frustration. I mean, to some degree, this is like the weather forecaster warning you about a blizzard here. You want to know if there's a chance of a blizzard that's going to cripple the city's infrastructure and you want to take those steps to prepare yourselves and your family in the event that that happens. That said, we also know that storms can go off track and miss us. That's what's happening here. We're laying out the different reasons why there could be a particularly bad bad flu and COVID season, but there are also reasons to suggest that we might not be in for it, regardless of whether or not the worst case scenarios come to fruition. The flu shot is proven effective and has been shown year after year to save lives. And that's going to be particularly acute this year when we're also dealing with a new strain of coronavirus that's hitting hospitals harder than any point during this pandemic. 
I've spent this summer covering the Delta surge, and time and time again, I'm hearing from doctors and nurses talking about how overwhelming it is to have people show up in record numbers faster than any point of the pandemic and younger and healthier with coronavirus because of this Delta variant. That's been happening throughout the South this summer. It might be happening again in northern states, particularly those with lower vaccination rates. The stress that was on hospitals this summer was horrifying. We don't want to have that happen again with if there's spikes in COVID and flu at the same time. Fennan Irapil is a health reporter for The Post. Today's show was produced by Alexis Diao and mixed by Sean Carter. And an update for me. Testing, 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 testing. Since we've recorded with Fennan. Okay, I'm headed over to the conference room where I will hopefully get my flu shot. I have, in fact, gotten my flu shot. Got it. And it was very easy. Yes, it my insurance card. Cool. I'll actually tell you, I'm very good at shots. I find them fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I even get a Band-Aid. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post.